Welcome now, the professors of pop. Welcome, everyone. I'm Stephanie Lachlan, and with my co-host, Jerry Gabriel, we're your professors of pop. Say hi, Jerry. Hi, how's it going? And welcome back to the Professors of Pop. Our guest today is our first ever returning guest, uh, Forget the Box co-founder, Jason McLean. Jason, Jason welcome C. back. McLean. Jason, my apologies. Jason C. McLean. Jason, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me, uh, th- both of you for having me. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I, I guess you, you could say that the last time I was on the show, maybe there was something unresolved. So I left it. We left it kind of as a, a cliffhanger. Jason, what are you up to these days? So I'm personally, I'm also hosting Ghost Tours again with Haunted Montreal. So that's yeah. a. That's oh yes, I've gone on one of your tours at Griffin Town. It was great. Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good. And, and, and mm. it was was that because of me or because of all of the construction that we had to walk? through? It was the construction. Through? Yeah, it was the city is insane with the construction. I like to tell people that the next part of the tour, uh, we're going to have to go through something that's been haunting Montreal for decades: construction. On that note, let's switch to our our topic this week. Uh, Without further ado, class is in session. At 2200 hours and 12 minutes, the Lala reported contact with an alien vessel described as cube-shaped. We're coming with every available starship to assist, Captain. But the closest help is six days away. Khan, Luke Picard, Captain of the Starship Enterprise. You will lower your shields and prepare to transport yourself aboard our vessel. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds on dazzling high-definition Blu-ray. If you do not withdraw immediately... You will surrender yourself or we will destroy your ship. What the hell do they want with you? One of television's most powerful cliffhangers is now available as a feature-length double episode. The captain has been altered by the Borg. Altered? is a Borg. Ranked by TV Guide as one of television's top 100 episodes of all time. I am Locutus, a Borg. And nominated for five Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Achievement in Special Visual Effects. We're no longer just fighting the Borg. We're fighting the life experience they've stolen from Captain Picard. Now, how the hell do we defeat an enemy that knows us better than we know ourselves? We will proceed to Earth. And if you attempt to intervene, we will destroy you. Then take your best shot, Locutus, because we are about to intervene. This exhilarating release is loaded with special features, including an all-new group commentary track and a gag reel recently discovered from the original camera negatives. The bad idea. <laughs> Plus a behind-the-scenes making-of documentary. That was just a really well-written two-part episode. It had everything in it. With Best of Both Worlds, the stakes were so high and the idea that Patrick had been taken by the Borg and then I say fire at the end of an episode was huge. Mr. Worf, fire. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds. Coming to high-definition Blu-ray April 30th. Resistance is futile. 
I, I, I did my, my homework as I was asked. I, I, I brought a list of some of my uh, favorite cliffhangers. And um, I guess, well, you sort of referenced that, Jerry, in the, uh, the intro there. But one of them is um, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 26, Best of Both Worlds, Part 1. Uh, that's the one where at the end, um, Captain Picard is kidnapped and assimilated by the Borg, becomes Locutus of Borg. And at the very end, Riker... Or it gives the command, Mr. Worf, fire. And, and it goes, cuts. Cuts to black. Now, of course, the thing is, if you watch that these days, like on Netflix, it just goes into the next episode. They fire. The firing yeah. does nothing because Picard was assimilated, so they knew the whole plan. But that summer, it, it, you have to look at it in a, in a, in a context of, of, of the real world context of when it was released. Because they started spreading over the summer rumors, or someone spread rumors that uh, Patrick Stewart was upset with the producers and was going to leave the show. And there was because of that ending, there was real thought he might stay a Borg or he might um, uh, get get killed and Riker would be the captain. So there was the added amount of real world intrigue added to the resolution of that cliffhanger. And I think that you almost have to like look at like, I mean, yes, it's still a great cliffhanger today, but just because of the impact it had at the time, that's really why. It was such a good cliffhanger. It was a great cliffhanger. I remember that watching that episode live, and it was like so enthralled. I was like, "When it's gonna happen?" I really thought that actually Riker was gonna become the captain. I thought that was the end for Picard at that point. Yeah, I know, Steph. You don't watch a lot of Star Trek, so uh, you don't know this. But as like a young boy in the '90s, it was a big deal. It was early. I'm uh, I'm definitely more a Star Wars gal, as I've stated here before. Um, so my episode, which was more from when I was younger, was uh, who shot Mr. Burns. So I'm not Ooh. old enough. I'm not old enough to, you know, remember the who shot Jr. episode when it aired on TV. But I remember I was in the sixth grade and we were passionately debating about it in the schoolyard. Who shot Mr. Burns? Who shot Mr. Burns? Season seven, episode one. OK, spoiler alert. It would happen like 20 years ago. But it was Maggie. I that I thought that was a fun twist. Yeah, that was on my list too. Actually. Wait, it was Maggie. Oh my god, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> did you Did you get? That was on my list too, and that was yeah. There's a big yeah. cultural impact that summer. Did you guess? Uh, did oh, you? I, no uh, I remember one uh, one part of that episode that I love is uh, when they find Mr. Burns. He's pointing to the W and the S or something. And then someone mentions it's Waylon Smithers or whatever. But then she's like, no, at the end, Lisa's like, it was reversed. It was Maggie Simpson. <laughs> and do you know that for that episode, they actually gave, for the first time, they actually gave characters last names, Mo Sislak. He was not Mo Sislak, but they wanted MS. Yeah. That was where he got the last name, Waylon Smithers. Like, it was Mr. Smithers, but they gave him yeah. Waylon because... For me, like, yeah. my pick is, like, I was thinking about... Something that really affected me, that's always pissed me off, it's Carnival. I know it's it's just rough to have a great final episode of a show with a great cliffhanger and no resolution. I know some of you probably have experienced this before, but for me, that show was Carnival. Because at the end of that show, there's something crazy going on. Like, there's a... There's a my uh, my one where I'm really sad that they ended on the cliffhanger was the last man on earth. Oh, yeah. The Will yeah Will Forte show where um, the the episode ends where they're being like 
taken over by unknown strangers or whatever. And then that's it. You never find out what happens. It's so sad. Well, one, epi- one show that's all cliffhangers, it's actually a, a, a recent one. It's a Netflix binge show. It's The Umbrella Academy. Uh, the thing is, every episode is pretty much ends on the cliffhanger right. to get you to go to the next episode. So I, I, I had to pick one from that, and I picked one that actually was a season finale. Um, it was a, probably it was a great, good cliffhanger, but so were all the other ones. But this one, we actually had to wait two years to find the resolution. Right. It's a season two, episode ten, the end of the end of something. That's the one where the family get back from the nineteen sixties and present day, and they right. find that their whole. The Umbrella Academy has been replaced by the Sparrow Academy, and your dead brother's still alive, and there's a whole bunch of new people. So, like, and we had to wait two years to get the resolution. And, and just to stick with science fiction, because uh, you mentioned uh, Best of Both Worlds, but I would say that for the Babylon 5 had a Best of Both Worlds episode, too, which was called Zaha Doom. And it was basically the captain, Sheridan, goes to this planet called Zaha and Doom where these shadows live. And it was this shadow war going on basically between these like super old races, one race called the Sh- Shadows and the other one's called the Vorlons. But anyways, the episode ends with him detonating a nuke, which is very similar to an episode of Lost that also is a cliffhanger episode. So my favorite cliffhanger episode of Lost is... Um the end of season three, when you when you figure out that it's not flashbacks, it's actually a flash forward. Dun dun dun! They made it off the island. What the hell? Of all the you know crazy reveals of the show, that's probably the one that impacted me the most. Yeah, I mean that was like the problem with Lost though is you show up at the end of the next season or something, and you'd be like, uh. they're okay. <laughs> it was it was the best twist of the show, but then. After that, the show started its inevitable descent into shittiness. It well, is not, very true. Not descent, but there's one. If you see sticking with science fiction, there's one episode um, uh, that that uh, no it's, uh, spoilers for the Mandalorian. If you guys season two episode eight, um, if you haven't seen it, skip ahead a minute. Um, but because uh, um, it was a few years ago, but yeah, the uh, um, the cl- had a great cliffhanger where uh, Grogu is taken by. Luke Skywalker. Um, now, even though I actually really do like the new season, especially the last episode, I think the resolution of that particular cliffhanger was kind of badly handled. Oh um, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We won't we won't go into it because I don't know if everyone's seen it yet. But yeah, it was it was that was it was badly handled on another series, um, and then uh, and then it eventually happened. But um, yeah, so that that's another one where a show with a lot of uh, a lot of great episodes, amazing episodes. And this is not my favorite episode, but it's the only ending that really I think counts as a cliffhanger. Is uh, Game of Thrones um, season uh, 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 season five, episode ten, Mother's Mercy? That's the one where at the end Jon Snow is stabbed. Oh yeah, that's a great, that was a great episode. But just the fact, the I remember how powerful it was when the kid that he saved from the town stabbed him. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that is rough. Rough for uh, John. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's the Although best I did thing, have a yeah. feeling that John was coming back. Yeah, that's the thing. Because there was a chance he was coming back and people weren't sure, that's the only reason why that episode actually counts as a cliffhanger. But there was just so many hints of him coming back. The red, the red lady showing up, a red woman showing up on the wall. But that's Knowing that it, he, she brought back the Lightning Lord several times. Or, sorry, what's his name? Brought back the Lightning Lord yeah, several times. Lord of Light. Yeah, but I'm Lord saying light, that's yeah. the only reason that, that, that I think that's the reason that that episode is pretty much the only one that really I think counts as a cliffhanger. All the other ones, like Red Wedding, we yes, it, there's the resolution happens. They're all dead. No, okay, but what about the end of season seven when the Night King finally breaks through the wall? 
that's not a big cliffhanger moment for it's, you? It's a big – well, the thing is we also knew that was coming the entire series. But um, it's uh, – Jay and I were actually debating this on the way. But I would actually say uh, Reigns of Castamere is a cliffhanger because I it's, a, it's, a, it's a show cliffhanger. If you take all the pro- if you take all the main characters of a show and then you execute them in an episode, and then what but is the people? It's the cliffhanger is who is the main who is who is the main character in the show? But it's not an immediate cliffhanger. Like for example, it's not it's, an immediate, but it's a it is a cliffhanger. It's not like is Rob like, Stark going to be okay? And, and, no, and he's so, not. He's dead. But it like, ends so powerfully with with uh, Lady Stark. Uh, San, uh, not Sansa. Caitlin. Caitlin. Sorry, Caitlin getting uh, Catelyn. Getting her sl- her throat slit. Yeah, it's not yeah. a matter of is she going to be okay, and what's going to happen to Frey in that moment. The resolution for that comes several seasons later. I'd say it doesn't. It's an amazing episode, but it's shocking. But I'd say it doesn't count as a cliffhanger. Um, one of my favorite, like where it's a death and it's quite a shocking cliffhanger, is the uh, last season, um, the finale of season four of Dexter. When uh, Dexter finally kills Trinity, and then you realize—sorry again, spoiler alert—but then Dexter comes home and realizes that before he killed him, Trinity was able to kill Rita, his wife, the mother of his child, and that his son is sitting there in his mother's blood, just like he. Oh my God, what a fucking episode! Um, and again, there's no oh she might be alive. It's she is definitely 100% dead. And then it's cut to black. That's the end of the season. Like, oof. That was a that was really intense cliffhanger for me. Um, I imagine. There are cliffhangers, though, with no resolution. We were talking, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I think uh, you, you have a few honorary mentions for that. Where mine one, I think you mentioned this too, is the finale of The Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, it, it literally, it's, it's, I don't know if that counts as a no, cliffhanger, but it. it Yes. Yeah. So the resolution came in an interview several years later, not in another episode. <laughs> yeah. I think to some point, like we uh, people have talked about the Sopranos a lot, and I think it really is telling that he could have shown this like bloody, disgusting, just like destruction of Tony in front of a bunch of people, but undercut it by cutting it off because that's what the sopranos kind of does with the whole genre of mobster of monsterism it like cuts it off basically you ever know you notice that it's showing like like you have they have all these like principles and stuff but they don't you know it's like we have these tradition and values but their values are really corruptible too and and like it's just it's it's a cool show because it showed that um, and I think that's why it ends like that. And yes, I would call that a cliffhanger because you have to fill in the blanks now. But you have to fulfill the. I mean, Carnival was bad. Uh, Deadwood too kind of got cut off too, well, really they quickly. Sort of, they, sort of had an they sort of had an ending, but I wanted more, I guess. But then they got it with the movie. Yes, we got it with the movie, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, other cliffhangers I can think of that always really kind of bothered me that like never got resolved but there's, there's just so many shows that they kind of just cut off you know? oh it's have bad. you have you seen succession no, I don't know. Do, anyone watch okay well if you guys haven't seen succession and you guys don't you don't care about that show do you i like it i know i, I want to watch that show i probably will watch it at there's some point Okay, well, I won't spoil Succession, but anyone who has 
you know, th- this will date the episode because when this comes out, you know, in a while from now, you'll look back and be like, oh, okay, now I know exactly when they recorded this. But in the latest episode, a major character, uh, you know, something major happens to him and uh, it's quite, quite the stir. But that's interesting because up until, you know, Game of Thrones, killing off main characters uh it it was pretty shocking you know the growing up in tv there's that comfort of knowing that by the end of the 30 minutes or 60 minutes that the characters are going to be fine you know that everyone's going to be happy that things are going to reset and then they'll be ready to have a new adventure next week um which is why when a show did kill a character off back in the like you know the 90s or whatever that was a big deal like for instance er in season six episode 13 uh, so for anyone who didn't watch the show, it was surrounding life in a Chicago emergency room. And there was this character Carter who from season one, he'd been the kind of spunky intern who was learning his way, but you know, this is season six, right? So they had this new character, Lucy, who it seemed like they were trying to groom her to become the new Carter, like the new main focus of the show. And she was on like half of a season, no, even more. I don't remember how many episodes, but it was a lot of episodes. Like, you really thought this character was going to stick around. And then out of nowhere, she gets stabbed to death and dies. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty big deal for a death, uh, especially in the 90s. Uh, yeah, no, um, <laughs> an interesting story with a, with, a, with a cliffhanger was The West Wing, uh, season four, episode 23. Um, the episode's called 25, as in the 25th Amendment. It's a cliffhanger that leaves um, the president's well, the president's daughter was kidnapped, drugged and kidnapped in the previous episode. And in that episode, uh, because the president, uh, played by Martin Sheen, Josiah Bartlett, is all is all really, uh, really sort of stressed, is preoccupied by this. He actually invokes the, the um, 23rd Amendment. So, uh, and uh, President Walken, a Republican paid, played by John Goodman, temporarily becomes the president. And that's how the episode ends. The daughter's kidnapped. There's a new president. What's going to happen? And that's the cliffhanger for the season. But what's interesting is between seasons, Aaron Sorkin, the show's writer and the writer of most episodes of the show, and his directing partner actually uh, couldn't reach a contract ter- term with Warner Brothers and ended up leaving the show. So basically, there was a new showrunner that came in, and the new showrunner uh, actually called Aaron Sorkin and said, yeah, I'm running the show now, but you kind of left us with a bit of a cliffhanger. Did you have any plan for how to resolve that? And he was like, well, I hadn't really thought about it yet. So a completely new person had to come in and resolve that cliffhanger of like the president's daughter kidnapped and another president. So that's a very interesting story. So they, cha- so they changed the showrunner. Aaron show- Sorkin left. So they changed the, the whole episode? No, no. The episode, the cliffhanger, the cliffhanger finished at the end of season four. Right. And it was going to resume a, a, the part, like the continuation was going to be in season five. And the continuation was in season five. The thing is, season five had a completely different showrunner and head writer. So the person right. who wrote the resolution to the cliffhanger was not the one who, who created the cliffhanger because Aaron Sorkin left the show. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one cliffhanger, though, I did like, and I didn't, I, and this is for a show that I don't think is great. Like, it's had a lot of failures, but one is the uh, Walking Dead Last Day on Earth, which everyone knows is like a really famous one with Negan playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo at the end and clubbing two of the people, and you don't know who they are. And you have to wait six months to find out who he did this to. Unfortunately, it was a fan favorite. Uh, 
was one of them. And uh, people were pretty upset about that. I was definitely one of those people that stopped watching The Walking Dead once Negan killed Glenn. Rest in peace, Glenn. Sorry, that's too bad. Uh, but uh, Breaking Bad, Season 5, Episode 13, uh, to uh, Hajui. Uh, this is the episode right before Ozymandias. Ozymandias was an amazing episode, but this is the one that I think ends really as a cliffhanger because that's the one where Hank and them show up and then the, 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 the Nazis show up and there's that big confrontation. And we all know what happens in the next episode, but that's a total cliffhanger. In researching this, I actually found out that Ozymandias was directed by Ryan Johnson, the same guy who directed The Last Jedi and the uh, Benoit Blanc movies. The, yeah. And everyone knows know The that. Last Jedi is a great movie. Um Battlestar Galactica, Cobalt's Last Gleaming, Part 2, is a great episode. I don't know if you recap, but it's it, Battlestar Galactica is just kind of like grimdark the whole time, where like the uh, Cylons are chasing the humans and just beating them up senseless and destroying them. And it was the first time they took down like a Cylon uh, battle cruiser in that episode. And it's like, it looks like, oh, things are going good. But you know, when things are going good in Battlestar Galactica, something bad is about to happen. And what happens? Boomer is a Finds has found out a few episodes before that she was a Cylon, but she wanted didn't want to give in to her Cylon urges, but her Cylon ability uh, urges just got triggered, and she ended up shooting uh, Adama or Captain Adama in the stomach, and then you don't know if he's dead or not, and that was the end of the episode. It's a pretty crazy episode. That's a classic cliffhanger. Yeah. Any other uh, cliffhangers? Well, I mean, you, you told me before that I, uh, before this that this wouldn't yeah. count, but there was that episode of Monday Night Raw where the very right. I'm joking. Was there I'm any joking. cliffhangers that really pissed? No wrestling. No wrestling. That's no right. wrestling. <laughs> we, might, we might do a wrestling episode in the future. You never know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there any like cliffhangers that really pissed you guys off in any way? I mean, my, I have Carnival that really still teased well, me the, off. The last episode that really I, bugs you? I don't even remember what the cliffhanger was, but the last episode of Boss at the end of season two, because they never had a season three, it got canceled. But, like they were not, it was not intentional. They were supposed to resolve the cliffhanger. I remember really liking that show. I don't remember what the specific plot point was of that cliffhanger, but I know that it never got resolved, and that's incredibly frustrating. Um... I don't have a cliffhanger that makes me angry. I guess it's more the episodes that make me angry is like when they resolve the cliffhanger badly. You know what I mean? Like when it's a will they, won't they get together, and then it's like, yeah, no, we're just still not together. There was a whole Friends, Ross and Rachel thing, and they played on that with that cliffhangers, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, are they going to get together or not? It's like, oh, they got married by accident, or they he married the other woman, yeah. and then he came back. Yeah. God, that show was weird. <laughs> no, I mean, teenage me appreciated it, but looking back, it was pretty mediocre. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Friends has not aged well with the... Uh, Young, younger no, generations. No, it really hasn't. Uh, the fat jokes, for instance, are quite disgusting. Also, Ross is really homophobic uh, when you rewatch the show, and they are pretty transphobic in the depiction of Chandler's mother. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of aspects of the show that, that have really not aged well. It's true. 
My last uh, cliffhanger that I wanted to bring up before we bring things to a close today was The Good Place, season one, episode 13, is when they figure out, finally, that they're not in the good place, they're in the bad place. That was probably one of my most uh, favorite, most recent twists in, in TV history. I would say one of the worst time, uh, cliffhangers I've ever seen was executed on uh, Heroes. Does anyone remember that show, Heroes? Uh, the first season was amazing, perfect season. And then the other seasons became like basically, uh, what's his name, Siler, like killing people, lots of people at the end. And like, I was getting people like weird. And then they would just like, this new season would start and like the cliffhanger wouldn't be resolved. It would just like, they would just move on. Like there's a new showrunner and we're going taking the show in a new direction. Like, it's so weird. It was a very weird show. And they had lots of cliffhangers that were like that. Just flat. I never watched Heroes because I think when I was 10 years old, I was. I, I actually wrote something called Heroes the Movie, and I filmed it walking around at a family party having different people play different parts. And I know that this series would probably have better production values than that, <laughs> and I'm too jealous, so I don't want to I, – I, I never actually started oh watching boy. it. Was the opening music Heroes from David Bowie? No, I didn't know David Bowie at the time, but I, that would have been a good choice. Was the he- opening music of Heroes the show – Heroes from David Bowie? Uh, no, it sounded like X-Files, I think. It was they, more like X-Files. They couldn't... I don't remember actually what yeah. it sounded like now. I think X-Files had a really, like, pretty... They had some good cliffhangers, but at the, I think the, their final one, like, they ended the show in a cliffhanger, yeah. and it never really... Didn't you, I think Chris Carter the wrote the theme for uh, X-Files. I'm surprised we didn't do any X-Files cliffhangers. There are quite a few of them. Yeah, but the thing is, there's, there's like, a lot of... It's, like, the same thing with Umbrella Academy. Like, every episode's a cliffhanger. Yeah. So that but means that... Yeah, for uh, X Files when it wasn't a Monster of the Week episode, it was they had ongoing sort of storyline that, that kind of resolved for the episode, but didn't really carry over into the next one. So. Yeah, he'd end up with like a picture of his uh, sister and some document. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, do, like do, go do, down to the FBI archives and find more stuff that we've had. And then, like the, the creepy <laughs> music plays out, and then you don't f- pick up on that story for another three episodes. So yeah. So uh, wrapping things up today, thank you, Jason, so much for stopping by. Uh, I have a feeling you'll be a guest again on future episodes. Will I or won't (laughs) I? I guess you'll just have to tune in next time to find out. Don't forget to follow 41 Productions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Next time, we'll be talking about uh, mise-en-scene, our favorite ways that art influences film. Uh, So without further ado, thank you so much for listening, and class dismissed. Welcome now, the professors of pop. Professors of pop.